For everything you want to know about real estate, it's time to take action. Schedule today. Ron and Don sit down.com is the way. You're listening to my dad's podcast. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on ronanddonradio.com. All right, you guys, what's going on? It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. This is episode 164. We're live from the Les Schwab Studios. He's Ron, I'm Don. My son is standing right behind me, and I hope I don't pass gas. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Believe me. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Hey, you want to pull my finger? <laughs> we still do that, and I'm 53. Don't why you, wouldn't you? Don't you think pulling the finger is still pretty funny? Yeah, sure, why not? From you, though? Who? <laughs> if you're protein loading, get out of the way. Yeah, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, it's going to be a little political, but it needs to be a little political. We don't always talk politics, but I think we, we should talk politics now. I'm going to hit you with some headlines and get your response, Ron. We're going to talk about some local headlines and then some national headlines because by the time you hear this, the debate will already have happened in the country. But there are a couple things that we need to talk about, and I'm going to ask you this. Uh, Joe Biden, moments ago, and this is moments before the Tuesday night debate, debate just took all his tax returns over the past couple of years and he threw them down on the table. In 2019, he paid three hundred thousand dollars in taxes it's all there uh, president trump paid nothing and as we go back a couple of years in the last couple of years he's only paid 750 dollars in federal tax and in the last 10 years uh he's only paid well let me look at in the last 15 years 10 of those years president trump paid nothing so a lot of people are looking at this and saying you know what this is much to do about nothing other people are saying the guy's a liar the guy's a fake this is why he was hiding his tax returns the whole time what say you and does it matter as we uh, look at tuesday night's debate and right now people are reflecting on uh tuesday night's debate do you think the tax returns uh had any kind of impact and should they I think they should. And let me give you this caveat. If you're a Trump supporter, there's a very easy through line to explain the fact that he paid $750 in taxes. And that's because I'll give one thing to Donald Trump. He has very good accountants and he has pretty good lawyers. And so his accountants are using everything available to them in the tax code to defer losses. So uh, the tax burden can be justified if you look at the losses he claims to have in his businesses. Um, So the tax thing is less important to me than the fact that it seems like all of his businesses are huge losers. Um, his golf courses alone lost over $300 million. Uh, his real estate holdings losing tens of millions of dollars. So uh, for a guy that touted himself as I'm a winner and, uh, let me show you how smart I am. The fact that he's losing, the reason his tax burden is so low is because he's writing off so many losses. At one point years ago, he, he wrote off almost a billion dollars in losses. I think I, I read the entire New York times article. It was very, very long. I read the whole thing. Uh, I believe that at the time, and it may still be the largest, uh, single payer like a single tax id person largest losses ever in a calendar year it was like 960 million dollars in losses uh and so donald donald trump uses every rule and loophole and and thing to write these taxes down now where it should be 
germane to everybody in terms of voting. If you read about 10,000 words in on that New York Times article, there they cover questionable things in the reason why he's being uh, looked at by the IRS in the state of New York. One of the ones that just I remember off the top of my head is where he may owe the IRS $100 million because he got a refund of $72 million because he claimed all these losses. They're looking into is that legitimate? And the big one is that he had the daughter is Ivanka, right? Because the That's Ivanka one of them, yeah. In the um, because he had a wife that was similar, Ivana, right? So That's Ivanka, right. yeah. the daughter, he did a thing where she was an employee of the Trump Corporation. They would be doing a real estate deal in Istanbul or overseas somewhere in in Scotland, somewhere they're doing a, a real estate deal. He would then pay a consultant fee, sometimes of upwards of thirty to 40% of the entire uh, 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 first part of that deal because he knew he was going to claim losses. And so he could write off this consultant fee uh, and then also take losses on the property and therefore lower his tax burden. And the interesting thing, when the New York Times went through all these this information, the write-off consultant fee numbers matched exactly to income that Ivanka got as a consultant. And so the IRS is looking at this and going, stand, stand, stand down for a second. How can you be on an employee of the Trump real estate firm buying a property in the Trump name and then also be a consultant to the same deal so that your father can write off your fee and take a loss on the same money? Either you're an employee of Trump or you're not. Let me ask you this. How is this not criminal? Uh, that, you, that is criminal. You've seen people go to the penitentiary yes. uh, for lying when it comes to the tax code. Well, he's using the lot, Justice Department. For, for a lot, lot less. Uh, he is using this. the Justice Department and Attorney General Barr to block this. This went all the way to the Supreme Court. So he is saying, as a sitting president, if you've been paying attention, that he is not able to be criminally prosecuted, that everything he does as the president is legal because he is the president. That's which, that's the Trump argument. Which is not true. Which is not true. Right. And so that's just one of the things. So they are looking into, um, did he manipulate the tax code too far? Did he create loopholes where none existed? And are these write-offs legitimate write-offs and legitimate losses? And so if, if you take everything at face value, because one of the interesting things that the New York Times article pointed out is there was one real estate deal where he was a 30% stakeholder uh, in this real estate holding. And I believe he was licensing the Trump name and image uh, to go on this piece of real estate. Well, something went sideways with this partnership and he was not able to retain any sort of control over the underlying asset, uh, yet he still kept his 30% stake. And so they compare and contrast all his other real estate holdings that are under his control lost tens upon tens upon tens of millions of dollars. The one piece of real estate where he was a 30% shareholder and had no control over the day-to-day operations, that property made tens of millions of dollars. So the New York Times, uh, you know, analysts are looking at this and going, what is going on? How does everything you touch give you huge losses to lower your tax burden, but then the one property where you have no control makes money? How is that developer 
Is that just a one-off? So they're looking at these tactics. They're looking at these these things to see if it was legitimate. Um, the IRS is supposed to be able to review this. He is blocking them from reviewing it, and it's become a political thing of whether or not he could appoint uh, Trump devotees to this IRS review uh, in order to give him a favorable result. And that's why some people think uh, Amy uh, Coney Barrett, her Supreme Court nomination is so important because and this is where Democrats have to be careful. If you go after her about, for instance, people are already going after her for her faith, her, her belief. She's part of a church organization called the people of praise. And when you dig into the people of praise, wow, I, I, there'll be a lot of people that'd be very uncomfortable with somebody sitting on the bench that is part of this particular church. And some people would think of this particular church as a cult. If that becomes the conversation, is Supreme Court Justice Barrett, because it's probably going to happen, this becomes a conversation about, geez, people are praising. I mean, it's going to happen. She is going to sit on the Supreme Court. Should Democrats just accept that don't demonize her and focus on these tax returns right now like Biden did? Or should the, should this election pivot back now to Roe versus Wade? Because there's really two roads we can go down here. And if you're Joe Biden tonight, what do you want to do? Do you want to keep it to Roe versus Wade? Or do you want to keep your eyes on those tax returns? If I'm Joe Biden and, and I don't know what his advisors are telling him, I find it hard to believe that anyone in America would be undecided right now. It is going to be October. Uh, it's October when this podcast, I think, is coming out. If you're th- th- under 40 days out and you're still undecided, and in a normal election uh, where it is closer than it is right now, there are legitimate undecided voters. So I think Joe Biden just stays on message. Do not the, the more he engages. What is, what is message though? What is, what is the message that he the, whatever his pause whatever is about him that might be the problem. The though. more He's that a he engages kid from Scranton, but what is his message? I, I well, I'm, he can not, talk. He wants to do. Um, he doesn't want to eliminate the uh, pre-existing condition for health care. He has job programs. He believes in the okay, environment. You just went through, I just in- went to sleep, and this is no longer a television show. We come back. Let's talk about how the presidency of the United States has become a television show, and it's no longer about the boring things that Ron is just talking about. And should it be? We'll talk about that on the other side of this. When it comes to your real estate journey, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, I'm Dan Martin. Hey, I'm Connor. My son wanted to get out of Pullman, and he was thinking, well, where could I live where I could be close to a ski area? He thought, well, let's start looking in Seattle. And it grown to trust the image of Ron and Don, you know, doing their, their advocacy for all the charities and stuff that they do. And I thought, well, they seem like good guys. Let's go for it. So I've got two Alaskan Malamutes. I was surprised how quickly, especially after meeting with Don, how quickly they kind of zeroed into what I was looking for. And being that it was a house for me and the dogs, that they zeroed in on fenced yard, basement access if possible. It felt really good 
knowing that they were looking for what I was looking for or what we were looking for. We looked at our figures and looked at, at stuff. We thought, okay, we can afford to offer this amount. And we were way low. So when it came to this one, Ron and Don said, if we go in hot with a decent offer, and he learned that this house had an offer on it. He said, if we go in at this amount, we think we can jump ahead and have people close before uh, they intended to. And sure enough, it worked out. I don't think we would have like necessarily found this house or been as successful with another realtor or doing it without, I can't imagine doing it without a realtor. I don't think we'd have this house if, if it hadn't been for Ron and Don. We wouldn't have gotten this house if they hadn't shown the energy and I guess using their skills and everything to make it happen. It wouldn't have happened. We would have still been looking around and every weekend being underbid. They seemed very enthused for uh, you know a deal to get done and for us to be successful. That felt really good. They were passionate and they, they were just honest and straightforward and uh, you know, I definitely would recommend them. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show, episode number 164. Don't forget, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. We're doing lots of sit-downs right now. So if you have a question, buying, selling, you're building, you're investing, let's sit down together. It's called the Ron and Don Sit-Down. And to get uh, your appointment with us, to have a sit-down today, virtually, and then we'll come out and see you at your property. If you're selling a property, if you're buying, that might be a little hard to do. But we'll uh, go out together and we'll find some properties. Just go to Ron and Don Sit Down. Com. Talking a little politics tonight is supposed to be uh, a made-for-TV movie. Uh, everyone I know, though, says they're not going to watch it, which means everybody's going to be watching this. You know, the president has challenged Joe Biden at least a year ago to do some push-ups. Joe Biden challenged him to do the same. I haven't heard in the last couple of weeks these guys wanting to do push-ups. Uh, so I wonder if that is basically off the table. For the people that do tune in, Ron, you just started talking about things that that should be important to all of us, like the Affordable Care Act. And one of the reasons why any politician that stands up there and talks about policy and like the things concerning the Affordable Care Act, the reason they get booed off the stage or a reason they don't even show up in the polls. And we saw this when Donald Trump almost four years ago took on 17, 17 Republicans, and he mowed them all down. And you know how he mowed them down? Because Jeb Bush wanted to stand up there and talk policy. And so as soon as he wanted to start talk policy, he started making fun of him and talking about how sleepy Jeb Bush was and how out of touch he was. And then you have Marco Rubio. He came up there and wanted to talk policy. And so what did he do? He started making fun of the size of Marco Rubio's hands. And then what did Marco Rubio did? He came back around and he started attacking the president about the size of his hand. I, I know, but when we fast forward, the Democrats didn't lose the popular vote. They lost the Electoral College, which is two different well, arguments. It doesn't matter. The so in terms of the, the television show on the Republican side, I, I grant you that. And then the debates with Hillary also turned into a television show. Well, so that's a legitimate thing. But in terms of the well, voting... Well, I didn't even get to finish. Okay, go ahead. I didn't get to finish. The, the, the point is this. He drug everybody down in the mud and they all came with him. And he clear. I was talking about the Republicans. I didn't even get to the Democrats. He cleared 17 Republicans off that stage. And maybe 15 or 16 of them politically, some people would look at and say, hey, you're probably more qualified 
to sit in that seat. But instead, we went out and we hired a television star that sits in a seat and says, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're hired, and we loved it. People absolutely loved it. And then he did the same thing to your point. We'll pivot back now, and then you can make your point with Hurley Clinton. He started pulling her and dragging down her down in the mud, and guess what? She finally got down in the mud with him. And as a result of that, did she win the popular vote? She did, but in this country... You have to win the Electoral College. And in order to win the Electoral College, you have to appeal to the interior of America. And the problem with Hillary Clinton, she was on the left, she was on the right. When it comes to my cousin Jimmy in the interior of the middle, you have to appeal to him too. Somehow, someway, our politics has become a reality television show. And as a result of that, Donald Trump may win tonight, And he may once again win the presidency of the United States because middle America said, you know what? We like a television show. We like a guy that's kind of orangey. We like a guy who doesn't necessarily know what's going on. We like a guy that is scrappier than the scrappy kid from Scranton. We'll see how scrappy they get tonight. And we'll see if Joe Biden goes down in the mud with him. Yeah, I mean, you make good points. I, I think that it, that, he, that he loses if he does that. He loses the debate. Who does? Uh, Joe, Joe Biden. I, if I don't he gets think, down in the mud with yeah, him. Yeah, there's no upside to getting down in the mud uh, to Joe Biden. It, it looks unpresidential. I think there is a vast majority of people. The thing that I, I think is interesting when you look at the polls, white women have swung 25%. They, Donald Trump won white women in 2016 by 9%. Now they're 16% uh, more in favor of Joe Biden. So a quarter of white women were like, yeah, I see through this guy. That's remarkable. White men are still sticking with Trump. So give that uh, our nod, I think, to the battle of the sexes here, that women are a little more intuitive than men are. And so Donald Trump, according to the polls that I have, that I trust the most, 538 and Nate Silver, has a one in four chance of winning. That's a lot. One in four happens all the time. Um, If you do any sort of statistics or you do anything that involves odds, 25% happens a lot. Um, It's not one in a million. It is one in every four. How long do you get to make America great? Like, do you get, does it take eight years? Do you need seven or six or five? I haven't heard anyone ask this question. That'd be the first question I would ask the president tonight. How many years do you need? You've had four years, and and how great is America right now compared to when you step in? And now he'll have an opportunity to appeal to the white men in America, right? To appeal to my... Well, I'll be blame-shifting. To appeal to my... Well, if you're a white man in America, if you're a white man in America and all you care about is your finances and your social standing, Donald Trump is your guy. I should be voting for Donald Trump. But I don't care about that as much as I care about making sure that Congress, the presidency of the United States, that it's a reflection of the rest of us. And right now it's not. The good news is when you look at the Senate, and I talked about this before with Roe versus Wade on our last episode, Roe versus Wade, it was all men that were in Congress. 25% of all senators now are women. And when we look at the other side of the aisle, uh, when we look at the House, we see a lot of women, a lot more minorities getting involved, which I think is a good thing. Well, what would that you should tell be Joe reflective Biden? on the Supreme Court, though, too. What's that? What would you advise Joe Biden tonight? I would say get down and do those push-ups. I would say do a bit of a television show because people have an expectation for him to be scrappy tonight. He should be scrappy. He's good scrappy. Hillary wasn't good scrappy. That wasn't her nature. That is his nature. He's a great storyteller. 
tell those stories. He's, he's, he's wonderful when he talks about the different places that he has stopped on the campaign trail. Well, guess what? They haven't been on a campaign trail, but he has been on the campaign trail his whole life. And here's the good news for him. Because he has been the vice president, because he has been a senator, this guy has been vetted over and over and over again. And the connection that people really have with him is not only when he talks about his current wife, but his wife that passed away in the car accident, the loss of his children, when he talks about his one son that has an issue with addiction, and then his other son who served in the military is no longer with us. That right there, that appeals to Cousin Jimmy. That right there appeals to the interior of this country. And what people have to understand, no matter what the polls say, When you go out and you look at Americans overall, not just the left and the right coast, uh, and there's some new science out on this, and the research says this, that we basically are a country that stands in the middle and we lean a little bit to the right. So Joe Biden tonight, even though you're on the left, he should try as hard as he can to lean a little bit to the right. Because he's not going to lose the left by doing so. I'll give you the final say. I've heard that. But if you look at the sheer numbers, that's not true. I was, that's my, my only point. It's that even the, the most of America, the most of the population lives on the coast. And so, yes, the interior of the country leans a little bit right. But it's not, the, it's not even close to being an equal amount of people. So if you look at just sheer numbers of people, that's not true. The America, when it just comes to actual human beings, leans to the left. Uh, but because of the political system you've already described, so both of us are kind of true. Where are you uh, putting New York City? New York City is a coastal town. You're putting them on the coast. They would be. They would lean to the Chi- left. Where are you putting Chicago? Chicago is a is a major metropolitan. I would okay. say that leans and to the left. Where are you putting Dallas? Dallas leans a little bit to the right, probably. Yeah. Okay. But my point is, is like just by sheer numbers, I think it's a myth when people say America writ large leans a little bit to the right. Not true. If you look at the voting, even back to George Bush, who also lost the popular vote and won the presidency, the the country has been moving bluer in terms of raw votes uh, for the last 20 years. What is that anymore, though? Because we can sit here and argue, uh, you look, and, and, and this is something people love to talk about right now with the Black Lives Matter movement, and they say, hey, it was the Democrats, the Dixiecrats down south that loved slavery, and it was the Republicans and Abraham Lincoln, who was a Republican, that said, let's, let's, let's end this uh, senselessness now. Or if you look at someone like Reagan. Reagan, you look at Lincoln, Republicans, is that where America is? Or Donald Trump, who most of his life was actually a Democrat when he needed to be Republican, when he needed to be a very right-leaning Republican, he can certainly do that. Even with Roe versus Wade, it's amazing when you see where he's given his money over the years in support of abortion, and now he's absolutely against it because that particular Supreme Court nomination Uh, could be the key to him staying out of the penitentiary uh, when it comes to his tax returns. Uh, We will see you. It's the Ron and Don Show. Episode 164, you guys. Could you believe that debate last night or the other night or last year? Depends on when you're listening to the Ron and Don Show. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, you guys. If you live in the Pacific Northwest, our whole economy is directly affected by technology, right? One of the big technology hubs now, along with San Francisco and places up in Canada. Here's the thing. There's a great, great podcast you should check out. It's called Geek Wire. 
right? What is GeekWire? Yeah, GeekWire is right here in, in Seattle. It covers everything you need to know about tech, and it interprets it for you because a lot of times you're like, I have no idea what that means. So if you like our, our podcast, we invite you to check out GeekWire. You can subscribe to GeekWire for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Check out GeekWire. dreaming about a new home go from just a dream to the dream team schedule your time at ronanddonsitdown.com all right you guys welcome back ron and don show well, episode 164 and our website if you want to reach out to us just do it uh, ronanddonsitdown.com we are licensed brokers at windermere and uh the real estate journey right now is so busy you guys we are here to help all right we are here to help you go to ronanddonsitdown.com if you're within the sound of our voices, we are here to help. Unless you live where? Uh, in Shelton. Really? I think, is it Shelton? That's not true. No, not Shelton. I was helping somebody in Shelton today. So Ron won't help you in Shelton. I'll, I'll be there. I'll drop to Shelton. Sultan. Sultan's dead to me, not there, Shelton. There Shelton, you you're back on my good Before we get out of here, for the first time today, I, I really felt bad for our mayor. And the reason I felt bad for her is in the city of Seattle, for whatever reason, when you're the mayor, you're just going to get... You're going to get... People aren't going to like you. Uh, and the mayor before her, there's probably a really good reason why yeah. people didn't like that That mayor. was legit. Uh, and that has to do with the love of little boys. And uh, we can just move on from there. She was kind of given her state of the city address. She was trying to defend her budget. She was talking about policing. Uh, she had a fancy video that she put together. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it. And it's a video that she made for the people, but also for those on the city council. And what's interesting to me is Mayor Jenny Durkin was always framed as somebody uh, that did really well at getting behind closed doors and finding consensus. It seems with this city council, she cannot find any consensus whatsoever, especially when you look at the fact when it comes to policing, uh, the override of her three vetoes the other day is really extraordinary. So they're going to get rid of the navigation teams. Those are the teams of 31 officers that are on the streets that know the nooks and crannies of every single homeless person that lives here, where they live, the services they need, the tents they're in, that navigation team goes away. Uh, also, the 100 officers that they just hired, they're going to fire now. Uh, some of those officers I wrote about, uh, Officer Khalif is on my Facebook page. Uh, she's the type of, of uh, officer that I would think you'd want in the city of Seattle right now. She speaks Arabic. Uh, she is the only person that speaks Arabic, uh, Seattle police department. There's over 1100 officers. Uh, she started up in the Explorer program. She's a woman of color from the middle East and she'll, she'll be one of those that'll be on the chopping block as a result of a lot of things that are being cut back here. All the detectives that you see on the streets right now, or that you don't see on the streets, uh, they will be sent back out into patrol cars. If we still have patrol cars. Uh, and we are defunding police here in Seattle. The pivot is, hey, we're going to put more money in services. We've done that. We have put money in services here in Seattle, and what we've proven is we can't do a very good job of funneling that money and then asking for the accountability to make sure that the money that we're spending, that that works. On top of that, you've asked big business now to reach in their pockets and pay a head tax, and what biz big business has decided to do is said, you know what, we're leaving, uh, we're going to Bellevue, uh, have a nice day. So with all that said, uh, the question that I have for you, Ron, Mayor Jen Jenny Durkin, will she get another shot at this when her term is up? 
And do you feel sorry for her at all? Because she didn't create COVID. She didn't create the homelessness problem. Uh, and in a lot of ways, uh, she has stood up for police. When you look at her career, uh, she is still, I shouldn't say for police, but for policing. And she was a big part uh, as a U.S. attorney and helping form the way that the city of Seattle, the way that we would, we would police. A number of months ago, she said, hey, we have the greatest police department in the world. And today, evidently, a lot of people think this police department has a lot of issues, a lot of problems. And her, I mean, you, you look at the budget shortfall, it's pretty stinking incredible here in the city of Seattle. This might seem callous, but on its face, anyone that wants to run for mayor of the city of Seattle, I, I have a, not that much empathy for, because it doesn't take a rocket surgeon to know what you're stepping into. So to, to have sort of the, the outsized ego that it takes to go, oh, I'm, I'm the one. I'm the one that's going to jump in here and solve this city. Um, so in that regard, no. But on a human being level, yes. Because I think she does try to be rational. I think she does try to be informed. I think she is pulling in the right direction. Uh, she's. I, don't, I think she really does want to be a public servant. And so to get rebuffed uh, by some people that, that I think are a little bit unhinged right now, that on a human being level, yeah, I, I feel for that. It, it, it's... You know, we're going to have to see what happens here. All the points you raised, I endorse, and I think those are, are correct. Um, we have a model that's been broken for well over 10, 15 years now. The, the 10-year plan to end homelessness ended five years ago, I think, four or five years ago. So we have not done a very good job at that, not done a very good job with drugs. Uh, so we could go on and on, and we've talked about that for hundreds and maybe thousands of hours uh, on the air. But Jenny Durkin, it, it's... If I'm her, I just walk away. Like she could charge six hundred dollars an hour as an attorney. Like why? Would, more than why would you want to stay yeah. in this gig? Yeah, Carmen Best will do that, right? She did walk away. She did. Uh, let me be the uh, mayor in the city of Seattle for a moment. Uh, ask me about uh, COVID nineteen, Mister Mayor. Yeah. Uh, why are we having a press conference in the, the Les Schwab Studios? <laughs> COVID nineteen. Go. Yeah, I didn't create it. What else? Uh, defunding the police. Uh, defunding the police. Uh, we have the greatest police department in the country. We do. And do we have issues? Uh, we do. All police departments, policing has issues. There's no uniformity in policing. But I will tell you this. I've worked my her off, and so have my officers. Uh, and the bottom line is this. If you're going to ask me about the East Precinct right now, of course we're going to give that up. Do you know why we gave it up? And let me explain it to you right now. Do you see what's happening in Portland right now because of a courthouse? And their riots happen every night in perpetuity and they don't stop. Because you had federal officers go in there and local and state officials say, you know what? This building is really important to us. And so what we're going to do is we're going to bow up around this building. What, the reason we gave up the East Precinct the East Precinct is attached to living quarters where people live. They live in these living quarters. Every time we fire tear gas at people that are rioting, we're firing tear gas in the apartments that people live up and around the East Precinct if you've ever been down there. So we think that people are more important than buildings, and this is what we did. We evacuated those buildings. Uh, we provided some housing for people to stay because we have hotels around here that people are supposed to stay in during COVID-19. They didn't use them. So we had these hotels already set up. So we took those folks. 
we uh, put them in hotels, and then we went ahead, we pivoted back, and we took the East Precinct back. What else? Mr. Mayor is wearing your, the police blazer, your favorite jacket, because you seem to wear that a lot. So Seattle PD on it. Yeah. You know what I love about her is as soon as everything hit the fan, she pivoted and she took off her, her SPD jacket, and then she put on her Seattle Fire jacket. Pretty smart, Jenny Durkin. Anyway, he's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for stopping by, you guys. And we understand politics sometimes. It's not a lot of fun to talk about, and then it creates division and it shouldn't we should be able to have these conversations you should be able to be a trumper have your magna hat on and push back and and support your president you should be able to do that at the same time i'd love to see both of these guys get out and get after it and drop and give me 20 tonight on the debate so anyway hey you want to reach out to us ronadonsitdown.com that's the way to do it ronadonsitdown.com he's ron I'm Don. I'm whispering because my son and his dog just fell asleep on the couch behind me. So now he can't pull my finger. You keep your head up, your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time. Only for the Ron and Don. H.G. Force O'Neill, Brains Otis Operation, and the voice of the Ron and Don show. Well, that's it. Show's over. We'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.